Welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and Connor. Dave Stevens, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Bervanzi. Another zoomy, zoomy, zoom cast for us here on this lovely Monday night. Um, we got a game to talk about, guys, and I don't really want to talk about it, but we're going to anyways. That happened Saturday, late Saturday night. Um course it was mother's day yesterday guys and uh i'm sure you guys did some stuff with your moms um went out to dinner or hung out or whatever um it was nice because i got to see my parents on sunday and it was the first time i've been in their house for a year so oh wow. we're all because we're all vaccinated now usually when i go when i've gone over there previously the couple times i did it was either outside or in their garage or something Yesterday, my mom was like, well, let's go inside the house. We're all vaccinated. I was like, oh, shit, get to go in my parents' house again for the first time in a year. And it was weird because I haven't been in there. And it's like, oh, this is what their house looks like again for the first time all over again. But uh, yeah. Yeah. It was I, I, fun. I, yeah. Kinda, I, I hope uh, everybody out there, you know, listening, maybe had a, a little extra opportunity, certainly more so than last year. You know, uh, you know, we're not through it all yet, but what a difference a year can make. And I, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to spend some time with family and my mom as well. Shout out to moms everywhere. But uh, I, what I'll say is this, is I did at, at my niece's soccer game, actually, I was attending on Friday night. I actually ran into and saw my aunt and uncle and cousin of mine for the first time in almost a year and a half now. And I just remember that was the first time I've seen any extended family outside of my sister's family and my parents in, you know, since pre-covid so it was it just felt so weird but great it felt it was awesome but it was just really weird yeah yeah connor you had your sister in town didn't you yeah my sister is in town from uh, well she she went back today but uh she was in town from portland oregon and uh for the weekend for just mother's day and seeing uh family it was the first time uh she'd been back since august when she first moved out to portland and uh, it was great. We, for Mother's Day, we hung out in my mom's backyard. Uh, we just had some, uh, some food from Ola Repa in Uptown. Oh. And uh, I brought over some, some crawlers from my travels as a courier. And we drank some beer and had a, had a great time. And it was a beautiful day for it, too. Yeah. Now, how did she get out of Portland? Because I hear if, if you watch some of the national news media, Portland is a flaming cesspool of protests and shit. Is that right? Is that, is that uh, true? Is that true? I, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you myself. Um, <laughs> she didn't mention anything about him, but uh, she first got out there uh, months ago. So I, I personally couldn't tell you. Uh, I can tell you that she loves living there right now. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it's working out pretty well. Portland's on my bucket list too. So I really, uh, on both me and my wife's bucket list. So we want to get out there and see her one of these days and plus maybe go see a loon's timbers game at providence park That'd so be cool. that, would, that would be very cool yeah, well, yeah i think we good. talked about that uh pre- oh. you know, previously but if you yeah. have you know if you're if you're making a list of uh mls destinations or mls uh venues to check out portland is easily if not near it's at least near the top of my list i mean mm-hmm. yeah. no doubt about it's it. definitely top now, five for me yeah. It's tough with places like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, now you now have Nashville as a destination, you have Austin as a destination. So that list is getting a little crowded up top, but uh, Portland is definitely there, especially one, you know, one a team that's been around for a, while, a little well, while now. 
Well, yeah, and you got to what, what I'm trying to do is keep it very um, soccer specific stadium, not so much uh, football stadiums either, because uh, we could go see a Falcons game at Mercedes Benz Stadium or uh, or at, I think the I think Nashville plays in Nissan Stadium. They, they, they do Still just do, this year. Yeah. Next year, the new one's opening up. Oh, OK. Very which cool. is oh. which is why I really hope they play in Nashville, Loons play in Nashville next year, because I really want to get to Nashville and see a game in Nashville. That yeah, me too. Really cool. Na- Nashville. I mean, I was just, I just threw that Nashville on the list there, even this year or say last year, not that we did, but uh, just because Nashville is such a cool town. And I, I've only, I haven't really spent any significant time in Nashville. I've traveled through a few times, but I've never stayed there. And I, I would, yeah. would love to. Um, yeah, it was, like I said, uh, there's some great places, Nashville, uh, Austin is a place. I think that, uh, I think they play there in October this year and they do. Yeah. I think I talked to Sterling about this and I said, Hey, if you're up for going to Austin, I'd be up for going to Austin, but, uh, we'll see. Um, you guys have some beers you're drinking tonight. Some I do new ones, yeah. maybe yep. some old ones. I I'll start off cause I'm drinking from, uh, 10 whiskers again. And I think mm-hmm. I drank from twin whiskers a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, David Sterling actually put he put a picture of this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he sent it to all of us. It's their uh, orange dream state, which is their cream ale with orange and vanilla. You know, I think I've had that one before. It's a good yeah, one. It's a very good one, actually. Yeah. It's it's. I don't think I have, but I mean, I'll let you describe it, of course. But I mean, I a, a flavor certainly pops in my mind, like you know, classic creamsicle. It's a cream. It's a creamsicle orange sickle type of deal. It's a, it's very smooth because it's a cream ale um, and you can, you can taste the, of course you taste the orange, but then they added a little vanilla in there and you can taste the vanilla in that too, which is nice, nice little, little sweetness from the vanilla in there as well. But yeah, it is like a, like an orange dream sickle or a cream sickle, whatever you want to call it, um, which again, I'll say this again, guys, I said this about a couple of beers I've had is it can taste like that, which is a great taste, but it can also be very dangerous because you drink it like it's a popsicle and then you end up drinking like four or five of them and then you're you're out i mean well, it's, yeah, the it's it's only five uh five and a half okay, so it's that, that's reasonable now i'll say this though on like to counter your point there because i get it if it's too easy drinking it's too easy drinking but what i find sometimes on the sweet ones even if they're easy drinking go down fast is sometimes at least for me, the, the sweet beers, I wouldn't want to have, say, more than a couple, one or two, just because they are too sweet. It's just, it's a little overpowering in that sense, but not the case with that. No, that's, that's a, that's a danger zone right there. That's a, that's a, that could be problematic, but um, yeah, I'm not drinking more than one of those tonight. So uh, Connor, what do you got tonight? Uh, I'm not sure if this is a new brewery or not. I don't know if we've had it on the show before, but uh, who's... Uh, who's been to Spiral Brewery in Hastings? Never. Not oh, me. Johnny's been there though. Hmm. Okay, I was driving. I was driving through there last week, and I picked up a crawler of their Mississippi Fog. It's a hazy IPA, and uh, their description here: Don't let the haziness of this year of this New England IPA fool you. They say it's a, they say it's a New England, but it's a hazy one. Um, it packs a punch on top of the big and balanced flavor. The haze is characteristic of this unfiltered style, but it certainly doesn't mask the juiciness and varying notes of citrus. Up front, you taste the passion fruit and mango, but the hints of pineapple is what lingers for a while. Um, 
it is a little it is it is a little citrusy i don't i can't personally pick out any fruits uh just by tasting it but uh it's it's a good one uh it's kind of got it's got that hazy feeling to it and uh i'll tell you the the taproom at spiral is is a nice one too it's uh kind of just you know it, it doesn't really it, it doesn't really stand out on the main street of uh of of Hastings, uh, but I think that's what I like about it is that it just looks like your basic other your other brewery. But then when you go inside, it's very very uh, pub pub feelingy kind of drinking beer atmosphere. So it, it reminds me a lot of um, uh, what's the what's the one? It's um, uh, Dangerous Man. It reminds me a lot of yeah. Dangerous Man. So it's I, but yeah, this one's really good. It's I would and well, what's the ABV on this one? Six point seven. 6.7 ABV. I'm trying so I to. I will only be having one of these as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think of Spiral is a beer I've had from a store, and I'm trying to think if they're the brewery in Minnesota that, at least when I bought it, they were bottling in like little uh, bombers and and and, and uh, glass bombers. I wonder if they're the brewery who did that or still does that, huh. because they are available in stores up around here. I just looked. I'm wondering if they are the ones that do it. Because if they are, they are. That is awesome. I love their the bottles. Instead of having a can, you get a little bomber of a, of a beer, which was kind of old school type of deal. Okay. So, And I'm pretty sure, like I said, I'm pretty sure Johnny, he'll say something to me on text if I'm wrong here. But I'm pretty sure him and Jenny stopped there. Oh, and when one they of their bike rides or whatever. Yeah, something like that. I think it was down there. It might uh that's a pretty far bike ride out to Hastings. Well, yeah, that's, I think I they, think he, he, he was a bit over his head. I, I don't, I think, I think mm -hmm. he ended up going on a ride, not realizing, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> how long, and what he was in for. So yeah. by the time they would have pulled up to a brewery or anywhere to grab a bite to eat, they would have been famished and thirsty. I'm sure. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what do you got tonight? And, and I'll just say, Hey, Tony, way to bring up Johnny. Cause I feel like it, it's been, a, we haven't done that. We used to do it you know, weekly, but I feel like we missed it, you know, here the last few You mean uh, Frank? Yeah, Frank. His name's not Frank. It's right. It's Frank. We're not oh, telling him Johnny, but it's Frank. He's Frank. got, you know, I can't keep, I can't bring him up because he's got a wedding coming up, you know, mm. at the end of this month. So I don't want him to get all, you know, he's got other things to worry about, not having True. to do with, you know, beer and, you know, that type of stuff. So, gotcha. hey, hold on a second. Are you, are you taking care of your bunny now? You gonna take care of your bunny? Is that the daughter? Yeah. yeah. Take care of the bunny. What do you got there? What is that? Is that your tooth? <laughs> Did you lose your final? Oh, she lost. Guys, this is this is a it's a news break here. My oldest daughter lost her final baby tooth. Whoa! Oh, yeah. There it is. Giddy up. She's an adult now. String. You what? No, I was eating and it and, and I realized it was just hanging on by a string. So you just yanked it out? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Good for you. Good job. Yeah, we, uh, so little backstory here, guys, just quickly. Um, she lost a tooth a couple of weeks ago and my wife was freaking out because she thought it was an actual like adult tooth. Hmm. And so we were all looking up online if you can still lose tooth teeth at 13. And of course you can. Then she went to the dentist like last week and the dentist is like, you have one baby tooth left, hmm. one left. And now she just lost it. So, wow. She's all grossed up now, guys. Wow. That's the end of that's the end of the baby situation right there. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, but back to beer, Dave. What do you got tonight? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't have any baby teeth left. Uh, I lost all mine. I can't remember. I hope so. No, no, we're talking now. beer now, Dave. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, beer, yeah. not teeth. Okay, yeah, beer. I've got a classic, <laughs> at least uh, from from my point of view and the, I'd say the podcast point of view as well. I got Blaine It on the Rain from our friends at Invictus Brewing oh, yeah. Company up, up there in Blaine. You go. So, mm-hmm. and, and I know that they their beers are constantly rotating uh and this one, I don't, I just jumped on their website before we got on here tonight. And I don't believe it's available in their tap room, but it will be shortly again, because it certainly has been and always probably will be because I feel like this is one of their kind of classics, even with rotation going on. And I love it. It's, um, it's an amber ale basically. And it's got a really nice kind of dark, uh, darkish brown color to it. And it really, you know, it's kind of, I don't know if it's the opposite of uh, what you're drinking, Connor, but it, uh, it, it has a really nice uh, malty feel to it. It's not too, it's not, you know, bitter at all. Um, and they, and they do, they, they throw in enough hops to make it, uh, I guess, balanced and um, yeah, it's really smooth. It's got a kind of caramel taste to it, hints um but yeah it's just really smooth easy drinking and i i do love the malty the, the maltiness that it has and uh yeah clocks in at 5.7 so it's not a light beer by any stretch but it's not too overpowering and then like i said the ibu is 25 so very reasonable but yeah it just tastes great i i was actually up in blaine uh just last week to watch my niece play in a tournament tournament up at the national sports center and i didn't get a chance to get in there that day. And I don't know that I could have because there was tons of people up there for that tournament. So it probably mm-hmm. would have been too busy anyways, but I think that's what got Invictus on my mind and I'm glad it did because uh, yeah. And I, I um, Invictus, you're seeing them more and more in liquor stores, but not a lot of the liquor stores around me uh, down here in the West Metro. I can't, I don't see it a lot of times, but I happen to be up in the office uh, this evening uh, which is much closer to Blaine than where I live. And uh yeah, made a point of picking up a six pack and um, I'm glad I did. Well, uh, before we get into game talk, guys, uh, stay on the whole beer thing. Um, as you guys know, Governor Walls has decided to loosen restrictions up here in the next month or two. Masks, uh, indoor stuff, outdoor stuff, whatever. So things are going to open back up. Um, and I really think this summer is going to be a crazy time for breweries. Um so if you're not planning on it, which I think a lot of listeners will be planning on it, get out to a brewery, enjoy their patios, yes, enjoy their inside. Um, another quick thing, Lake Monster is actually doing a vaccination thing coming up. Uh, go on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, they were able to get a couple hundred J&J vaccines from some local clinic. Um, they're going to be doing that. So if you get vaccinated at Lake Monster during this specific day, you get a free beer after you're done with your vaccination nice because so, so, i saw i saw yeah i saw I, I didn't have time to read the article i just saw uh the headline basically saying that lake monster is promoting you know free beer for vaccine mm-hmm. vaccines i didn't i thought maybe if you say brought in proof of a vaccine elsewhere you might yeah. get but then oh that's a deal if you get yeah. if you get vaccinated there yep and it's a walk-up it's a walk-up thing you don't have to make reservations they have a couple Think of a couple hundred to go on Twitter or Facebook, look it up, go to their website, look it up. Um, just a great way for a place like that to say, Hey, get your butt vaccinated, get a free beer, you know, 
get her yeah, all let's, done. So let's go. Let's get that number up to 70%. Uh, exactly the, right. The governor wants to get it to uh, 70% or better. Um, yep. Ideally. Yeah. Well, we'll see if and when that actually happens. I'm hoping before July 1st, but you never know. So we had a game Saturday, guys. Was it was in Colorado. Uh, shout out to Griff on Twitter. He mm-hmm. was actually in the stadium for that game. Former uh, guest on yeah. the pod. I, I was he a guest? Yeah, yeah, Griff? he was when we were at uh, Fair State Brewing, I believe. Okay, all right. I think it, I think I feel like at that point he knew he was moving. Yeah. I just I don't. Um. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to just put myself in a hole with false information. But yeah, he was no. there when we were at Fair State a couple of years. Ago. Okay, I had mentioned to him last uh, last week before the game. He had put out a thing saying, "I'm going to the game. Please, uh, loons, don't uh, embarrass me." And I had mentioned that maybe he should wear a Rapids shirt over his loons jersey just in case. Um, and. If he did that, he could have taken the Rapids jersey off in the first half, but then you'd probably want to put the Rapids jersey back on early in the second half. Um, full disclosure, I did not watch much of this game, guys, because I fell asleep at halftime. And uh, before that, I was drinking heavily. So I saw a goal or two from the Loons, and I was excited. And then I woke up, and I was like, oh, shit, lost again. So. Yeah. So you missed the bad half then. I missed the bad half. Anywho, we went to this game, guys. Uh, we had our, our buddy Robin Luda's back from yep. his uh, injury, which is sure nice. Was. Um, we had Reynoso was in the lineup, which uh, I think we all were concerned after last week's uh, incident that he would be not full uh, 100%, but he was there. Uh, we started in a 4-3-3 which we don't usually play well in a 4-3-3. If David was here, he'd say, yeah, we suck at 4-3-3. Uh, but let, let me uh, let me see if I'm right here, guys. So we had a 4-3-3 going. The back line was pretty much the same across the board. We had Gasper, yep. Retalia, Boxel, Metinair. And in the middle, we had Alonzo, Gregus, and Trapp. Yeah, yep. so that's, oh, that's that's where, you know, things kind of started to get interesting. And I was wondering wh- how the game would shape up because, yeah, you had basically, you know, uh, I don't, a pivoting d- a double six, essentially, with, with mm-hmm. Trap and Alonzo back there. And then you had, you know, of course, Gregus above that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, just to round it out, you had Reynoso on the left with, with uh, Lude in this, you know, center of that 4-3-3, mm-hmm. false nine and Dotson out on the right. So Dotson playing out on the right wing, um, he has played multiple positions for this club, of course. We've talked about that before, but he had never started out on the right wing before. So um, I think Sterling made a point of mentioning this, that, you know, he's naturally a right side, you know, a right side, right player. You know, he'll, you know, we've seen him at uh, the right fullback position. Um, Obviously, you know, if, whether, if he's in the number eight spot, you know, He's coming out of center, but yeah. So that was, it was surprising to me to see him out there, but it does tell you that, uh, and we were all wondering this when the season started, you know, where and how would we see Dotson get into this lineup? Because what he did with, you know, it looked he on the national stage for the U S 
men's under 23. He really, you know, kind of put himself out there, made a note nationally for himself. And so to me, it's really starting to become clear that uh, Heath appears to want to see Dotson out on the field any way he can get him out there. You know, much to our dismay, he started out on left wing a couple of times and now here he is out on the right. So I really thought that was interesting. Obviously getting the start over somebody like Ethan Finley, um, it just goes to show you that Dotson is is a big part of this team and Heath wants him out on the pitch. So I thought that was interesting and we'll see how that goes. But I, I you know, I think it was promising. So and the, yeah, I, the surprise for me was, you know, all reports basically, and maybe it shouldn't be a surprise based on what we saw last week uh, against um, Austin. But the surprise for me was that uh, uh, Abila was not um, starting. Well, I, I kind of just thought we'd see that. I was glad. I think it was, I mean, we we're all happy to get Lude back. Uh, and it was kind of imper- apparent even in the first minute that Lude was missed, but. That was my surprise that Abila wasn't starting and they kind of went with a 4-3-3, which you guys know that Minnesota has not had a lot of success with this formation no, over, no. over the years. We're not good so. in this formation. And I think we came out pretty well, uh, well in this well, match. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think we had a couple of shots on goal to begin yeah, with. If you, if you, right. uh, if you, if you turned it on late, there was, there was one, there was one almost in the, not almost, it was basically in the first minute, if not a cup in the second minute, but mm-hmm. uh, Reynoso got, got a ball, a nice pass into Lude. And then uh, who actually had a shot shot, but it was blocked by uh, Austin trusty. And then it was, but it was got out for a corner, you know, and then they had an early corner opportunity got uh, to no avail, but uh, there was some, really they got out on the right front foot and uh there was some early sustained pressure and it certainly had a good feeling to the game other than the fact that you know they didn't score in the first five ten minutes and it started getting that feeling well here we go again are we gonna you know we've, we've got the opportunities in the final third but not making either not getting a shot off whether it's blocked or what but you know you've gotta you've got to capitalize on that moment because otherwise we've seen it before you know it's a cruel game. Everybody's saying right now, which is for the loons, but yeah, if you don't capitalize, you're, you're in trouble. And so that was the only downside is they couldn't capitalize on some of those early, early opportunities, but that quickly changed. But, I mean, so we get into around the 16th minute, we get a foul on uh, the attacking third and uh, Connor, uh, who takes free kicks for us? It was Dotson that got fouled by the way. And so yeah, it, it, it was, was. kind of interesting because Reynoso, um, I, I mean, it was a foul and, and Dotson doesn't go down. He doesn't, you don't see him flop. And I'm not saying it was, but it was interesting because Reynoso, it was a nice give from Reynoso into traffic, mind you. And then Dotson then got fouled uh, in a great spot outside the box. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, perfect free kick uh, distance. Mm-hmm. And just out in front of goal where I've, uh, if you've seen any of Emmanuel Reynoso, Emmanuel Reynoso's uh, highlights from both Minnesota and Boca Juniors. It's his perfect uh, free kicking distance, and he certainly showed it. It was a beautiful free kick into the top corner. Um, couldn't have put it more perfect. Put it over Oops. the wall and into the top right corner, and uh, Yarborough had no chance. It was like I I had to go with my I don't I can't remember his I think it was his name was Andy Gray, one of the soccer commentators, but he goes. Uh, Take a bow, son, and <laughs> that's that was one of my moments uh, there. I had I was just like, oh my god, that was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at that. After you know, in the fourth game, they now doubled their goal total. You know, yeah. on the season, just like that. And it was funny because I don't. I think it was. 
I don't think it was a surprise to anyone, but they actually had, you know, Gregus lined up, you know, so was it going to be, was it going to be Reynoso's left or Gregus's right foot to take that uh, free kick? And obviously uh, they made the right decision and Ray did it. Yeah. It was beautiful. I do kind of wonder about the goalkeeping goalkeepers positioning on that. And they did start talking about it. It was funny. I, I watched the broadcast. It was funny. They, uh, Cal and uh, Kendra was talking about the positioning and they kind of got off topic because they were, you could tell they were so excited, you know, of watching the goal. It was a stunner. It was definitely a golazo, but I, I do kind of question it. And I almost either one of two things. He thought that maybe Greg was going to take that shot or he had just too much faith in his wall and said, mm-hmm. you know, if you can get up and over this wall, then good, good on you. But cause I don't know, he was way off on the other side of the goal, you know, I will, I will say this, uh, this game, even though I was drinking at the time, seeing a goal like that from Ray, it gave me hope. Mm-hmm. I was like, here we go. This is what, this is what this team should be looking like, like right now. This is what this team has been lacking. This whole, you know, this, this faith, this, this, this drive to score goals and, and, and get chances that That's goal exactly what i was thinking exactly that was that was like this is like here's here we go i mean we lost you know three games in a row start the season now we're, we're gonna get it going we're gonna we're gonna do things we're gonna play loons ball here we go well, well yeah and i mean that that continues and actually that that brings up a good point it was reynoso obviously and that he honestly remember he came off he came off due to an injury let's call it you know, last game against Austin and there, it was a little confusing. And I know we touched on it. Like, was he injured during the week leading up to that Austin FC game? Mm-hmm. Um, it, Cause during that game, again, it looked like cramps, but bottom line was, you know, he came off. And so that was kind of a question mark for me. Would we see Reno? So obviously we did see him in the starting lineup, not on the injury report at all. So that was good news because that is yep. extremely good news. And yep. Heath did say, you know, he needs more out of Reynoso. And mm-hmm. well, there you go. 16th minute. 17th minute boom right away and by, so, yeah. exciting we'll, to see we'll get into heath talk after we talk about this game but saying you need more out of renoso is kind of a i don't know that's a 50 50 right there i mean the guys right. the guy has been putting his all that he can into this game and we'll talk about that later but yeah so we get that goal there guys we're on the right track We've got a couple other. We got another miss here uh, from from Gasper. Um, you know, when you you see the attacking play after that goal, and even before that goal in, in the first half, um, you just saw the. I mean, we we just touched on it a little bit, but we you just saw the motivation that they have been missing mm-hmm. in the in the in the past three games. Yep. And when they're attacking, it's like, like you said it, Tony. It, these were the, the, these are the loons we we've been missing from yep. the playoffs last year. And uh, it's, you know, you saw it uh, leading up to uh, the next goal, which, Tony, go ahead. Yeah, so the next goal, uh, we get a nice 24th minute here. We get a nice uh, feed from uh, Robin Lud to Hassani Dotson in the box and, and puts it away. Um, yeah, I'll tell you, nice, nice might be an understatement on that one because, uh, yeah, Lud's pass cross over to, to Dawson mm-hmm. was incredible because he put it through two defenders. He did threaded, threaded the needle, so to speak. Yep. Uh, he led, he led Dotson, you know, and just, I mean, he just, the placement could have been better. And, and I will say, let's give some credit, all credit to uh, it started. It all started uh, thanks to 
um, oh, it was a, it was a turnover, but I think, I think believe Reynoso forced that turnover yeah. and then Ozzy got the ball, ended up with it up the mid who Ozzy then got it up to, uh, Lude, who, uh, then was able to thread it into Dotson. And then it, it looked easy. Uh, Dotson's finish was calm. It looked easy, but it was a calm finish, a good finish. And it just, it couldn't be possible without Lude's just incredible pass. So that's why, you know, I think I said it earlier, that's why you, you know, we were missing that. Yeah. And then in, and in general, so two, okay. So we, you know, here you set two, nothing two nil after not even a, you know, 25 minutes into this mm-hmm. game. Now you're really flying high and Tony, you let it that yeah. Reynoso with the free kick and Dotson's penalty. And there was some early pressure. Um, it looks well, but looks but good. That is what you yeah. want to see the pass, the passing, and then the, mm-hmm. the, the overlapping and the, just the movement. It was just beautiful. Passing was good. Everything was good. There was nothing not to like really from the first half. Right. Um, basically. And it, this, and Tony, you said it, this is what we had gotten. This is what we had gotten accustomed to. And this mm-hmm. is what we expect out of this team, you know, from the first game of the season on is this is exactly what we were expecting. Now we're seeing it. So now you're starting to get excited. And, and I, I know I certainly was and it, yeah, I mean, and you, you know, when you, you going back to the past that Lude played two dots and on that second goal, you see, we've seen if you've been watching all the games, you've seen so many of passes like that that have just been blocked at the last second by mm-hmm. defenders, and it's been so frustrating. So, so to see a pass go through like that uh, was really satisfying because I kept expecting Lude to play that pass, and maybe a defender gets his foot on it and. Uh, somehow winds up at the feet of Colorado going the other way. So well done to Lude for really, uh, again, threading the needle. And uh, Dotson uh, being not, not only that, not only scoring the goal, but being aware of the goalkeeper's position because you had to put it up high in order for uh, Yarborough to, uh, to miss it because he was going low. Oh, good point. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a game of inches, guys. Every, you look at it, a game of inches, um, they talk about that in football a lot, uh, in American football. Uh, I talk about it in soccer. It's a game of inches, you know, two inches here, two inches there. Uh, you got a goal and it, you already hit a post. It's the way it works. Yeah. And this, this, at the, so at this point in the game, um, it's just, wow, you're on cloud nine. It's just, just, we've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this. And, and here it is. And so this got me thinking now, uh, you know, at this point, you know, what, is this is this maybe especially now when you, when you don't have like a player like Nico Hansen and you haven't your reinforcements like Anu and that haven't come in yet so and without a player like Molino is is the four three three the answer is 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 this what the team needs to do is Heath uh, credit do you credit Heath for saying hey this is what we're gonna play we're gonna try a four three three try a change in tactics formation you know and you know the answer at that point in my mind might have been yes and. I was, I don't know, like overall, obviously Dotson um, had probably his best game. I, I think it's safe to say, I, I, if you look at the whole game, you might take offense to that. But I mean, certainly playing out right, Dotson looked good. Uh, he was able to kind of come tuck in, come, you know, in the, whether he's out wide, right, which he wasn't a whole lot, but I just like the, the interchangeability, the fluidity of that top three. And I loved how, you know, Reyno, Lude, Reynoso out left and Greg and uh, Dotson out right. I love the movement 
and just how they were able to like tuck into the middle when they needed to. And it just, it was exciting because I think I really thought it was working. Just they, it looked comfortable. The passing was so crisp and then playing. And then when you had uh, the six, the double six with, with um, Ozzy and, and uh, Ozzy and trap, sorry, back there. Um, Gregus was actually involved, like, especially in the first 25 minutes, first half of this game, Gregus was involved. And so that means like a lot of the attack, much more so than the previous game, a lot of the attack started in, in central midfield. It started central and stayed central, and you'd have those tucking in movements, especially from Dotson, but even, you know, Reynoso. He, 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 Reynoso was up and down the field, I thought, played a great game. And, and so that got me thinking, well, 4 three, 3 is this the answer or is it a mirage? I, and I don't know, and maybe we can talk about it later, but I, it was really promising up to this point, and I was just happy with what we saw. Yeah, you know, you, you do have to, I think going back to what you said about Heath is uh, uh, you do have to credit Heath with uh, setting up the 4-3-3 and changing tactics when it, when the, the first three games clearly haven't worked. And uh, so I think that's that was a great idea, and it certainly worked in the first half. Uh, but we're about to go into the second half, and that's where Heath's uh, game really well, goes to shit because the second half management is very poor. Glad, um, I, glad I fell asleep. Yep, it was it was pretty bad, Tony. You you wouldn't have liked it because I I, mm. I had the game on in the background. We we me and my wife were having game night, but uh, mm. um, we uh, just it was horrible. It was yeah yeah it was, and I'll let you continue in just a second. But yeah, because I I have to bring it up. I I have I did not watch I did not rewatch the game in its entirety, but I had about 45 minutes before we jumped on and I, I want, I want, I knew I could only watch certain parts of the game. So I quickly watched some of the highlights, but I specifically turned the game on to the 40 minute mark and started it there because in my mind, it was about that time. And now that I rewatched it, it wasn't so much the 40 minute mark. It was really as they got to the 45 minute mark. That's when right. it really started to tell. So it was the added time. There was three minutes added on to the end yeah. of the first half because Going back, it was like it, something changed at about the 40 to 45 minute mark into added time of the first half and then going in throughout the second half. And I went back to that point in the game and started rewatching there because I wanted to figure out, OK, what happened, what changed, what was going on? And quite frankly, I don't have an answer that I, I was hoping I would, but it's whatever it was, it wasn't obvious. You know, you know, I had questions. Is it you know, what is, is it? Well, is it, you, did they get, well, are they on tired legs? Is it the, alti now, I don't even throw the altitude out there. I, I, was, will, I was trying to find out what it was. I couldn't find the answer, an easy answer anyways. Well, now this, this, this first goal from Colorado coming out in the second half here from uh, Kellen Acosta, this is what I call the pinball goal because yeah, you get it, you, you get it, you know, you get a, I think he had a corner kick comes into the box gets pinballed around it's going in it's going out it's going oh. in it's going out and the, i'm telling you the longer the ball goes up in the air and is pinballed around the more chances the offense the attacking players have to make a goal that's going to make the goaltender look like shit you know what and it was exactly what happened you know what it right. reminded me of and i and i did and then once after i started re-watching it and then i got to that point that was 57th minute by the way kellen acosta it reminded me almost exactly of the first goal uh, minnesota al allowed this season against seattle 
if you mm -hmm. remember, it was a very similar situation. So, mm -hmm. I mean, so like that ball, the, the, the um, Colorado's first goal, that was off a corner kick and they just, they couldn't clear it. You know, nope. I mean, the, I, I wouldn't say it was bad defense and that it reminded me of the Seattle, but I, I wouldn't say it was bad defense on one hand, but the fact is they just couldn't clear it. There was a lot of traffic down there yep. and then it just got, it just got, you know, cleared out. It, it got cleared out, so to speak, to Kellen Acosta, who really had a hell of a shot. And, uh, you know, this one on, you know, Dane Sinclair, I think it was like the Seattle goal, the first goal by Seattle in the opener. Uh, I think, you know, it was, he was, Dane Sinclair's view was probably blocked because there was a lot of traffic. There and was. Yeah. So I, I, that one, I'm not going to put on Dane at all. Uh, but it's, I shouldn't say at all, but he, cause he was probably blocked, but the bottom line is, yeah. They just couldn't clear it out. And, but the pressure, that goal was coming. Like it, I felt that was coming mm -hmm. and it wasn't, like I said, it started at, at the end of the first half, the pressure that Colorado was able to put on this team was, was tremendous. I think they hit the post a couple of times in this Cole game. Cole Bassett hit the post uh, ju just minutes before that goal by Acosta. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just another beautiful hit by uh, Cole Bassett that was just very unlucky, lucky not to go in. Dane was beat. beat. He had no chance of mm -hmm. scoring that. And uh, the Minnesota just got lucky. So it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was very similar. Acosta's goal was from a little bit further out, but uh, yeah, Tony, I see what you mean by uh, saying it was a pinball goal because it just the, the balance is the balance on that ball is very hard to defend. It and, is, and and like I was saying, the reason I call it a pinball goal is because I play play a lot of pinball, and it reminds me of hitting a bunch of bumpers, and then the ball hitting a bumper just the right way and shooting it right between your flippers. I mean, that's yep. just the way it works. And like I said, guys, anytime you have a situation in soccer where you can't get the ball out of your defensive end, it just keeps bouncing around out there like that. It, it's it, the chances every time it bounces around, the chances go up and they go up and they go up. It just it's it's not a good feeling to have. Um, after that goal, guys, we have of I, I don't know was this uh, Connor? You watched the game. Was it a weird substitution to you to have Finley? come in for Metonier? Uh well Metonier was hurt. Yes. So yeah. I can okay. see I can see why they sub Metonier out okay. uh cuz he definitely needed to be subbed. Okay. Uh as for Finley himself coming in, uh I suppose it does make a little sense cuz they could always put Dotson uh, Dotson the, back, yeah. in the back uh back okay. line and put Finley up front. So it does okay. make sense. Um it's not it's not the sub I would have chose, uh, and I'm not sure who I would have chosen. Chosen, but uh, Finley for Metonier isn't uh, who isn't a sub that I would ever lament uh, no. making. It's certainly not one you'd think of making. Um, only be only because yeah, what you know, you're taking taking out a defender, putting in Finley. Um, but yeah, I think it's because you have Dotson on the field. We know that. Uh, he can play all over and I'm assuming I got distract. I mean, I was watching the game too, but I wasn't focusing on dots. And I think it, during this phase, I'm assuming he went back to the, the right fullback position, but right. can't confirm it. So, but that's why it makes sense on paper as far as who else might you do there. I mean, I don't know. I think the other logical choice would have been DJ Taylor maybe, but we yeah. haven't seen him, you know, we haven't well, seen him on the pitch during games. So we don't really know as fans what we have there. Obviously, you know, be, staff does, but that would be, be a good, might have been a good time to see him. 
yeah that would have been the i think the only other kind of like like for like if you want to call it that um move you could have made at that point uh, you could have done a couple other things i suppose if you really wanted to get crazy like bring in common and shift some hey. defenders in but but it's still two to one guys yeah yeah i mean it's still two to one it's it's concerning though because there had been you know nearly 20 minutes you know that was a 57 minute but there had been nearly 20 minutes of this game being flipped on its head where you know it wasn't it wasn't minnesota looking dangerous it was colorado looking dangerous and yeah, that it like was. A, yeah. it just felt like that goal was coming and now we get to the you know we're close at that we're at that point you're close to the 60 minute mark mm-hmm. and then unfortunately met needs to leave i hope that injury is not severe just looking at it it didn't seem severe he didn't seem too terribly upset walking off the field but we will find out so you never right. you never know because you can walk off the field with pretty severe injuries uh, at the time so we'll see what happens and- there but bottom line is you're you know maybe this is the time you you need to start making changes at you know i'm speaking for heath and that, you know, that change, Tony, you're right. It, it's not a change you really want to see, or I don't know if it's going to help the game. Cause now, like I said, Dotson was playing a pretty good game up there on the right wing. And yeah. it was a shame to get it, you know, probably moved out of there based on need. Right. So and it's, it's where things really started to get hairy because the, the next goal guys is the goal that a, the wheels come off <clears throat> and B is the goal that got everybody on Twitter not only during the game, but also the next day saying that uh, Dane needs to take a game or two off because that play well, that he made right there on that cross is something that we, I, I guess, Dane is usually so good at grabbing balls, like free balls like that. And he obviously made an error there. Yeah, couldn't handle it and gave up the 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 you know the rebound and the and the kick. Well, um, Tony and you Tony, could chuck that, it up to a bad game, um, Tony. But yeah. it's uh, there, I don't think there's any excuse for it, really. It's uh, um, yes, there is. That's why I'm drinking Blaine it on the rain uh, from Invictus is because you could, if you're trying to come up with excuses, maybe uh, you could blame it on the rain. It was. I you you wouldn't know unless you're watching the whole game because you from the the way the brought it was the broadcast was so far out but it was raining hard for most of that game or at least fairly heavy now I'm not saying I do agree with both of you I'm just kind of kidding I think Dane didn't do very well in that spot but I'm just saying if there's an excuse it's you know wet ball wet gloves whatever it might be that could be an issue I do think he should have been better because he was out of his line if you're going to make that play you know, you, you've got to grab that ball. It was a good ball in, and the defense, they were, Minnesota was on the attack. It was kind of a, on a giveaway and a, a, you know, then the counter attack, but the defense did get back and it was a good ball in. It was, yeah, like you said, Tony, it was kind of a cross. It was headed towards goal. Yep. They, they had numbers in the box, but you know, Minnesota, credit to Minnesota's defense. I think Minnesota got back as well. And so when that ball came into kind of traffic, you know, Dane needs coming off his line, like he did, he needs to grab it. He needs to have it. And he didn't. So yeah, I do agree with you guys. He, he let it, Dane, uh, that was a big letdown from him from what we're used to seeing. And I think in general, Dane just did not have the best game. He got lucky a couple of times. He did. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, uh, I think that's why people might be right on Twitter if that DSC might be needing a couple games off and uh, see if, uh, see if it's Miller time, you know, it could maybe, be. Well, maybe, 
It's not Miller time anymore. It's Shell's time. It's actually Grain Belt time. That's right. It's Grain Belt time. It's not Miller time. time. Grain Belt time. It's Premium grain, time. Premium we're time. milling some Grain Belt. That's right. Um, um, I what I want to say, guys, is that uh, I saw this on Twitter and everything like that, and I went and watched some highlights and lowlights, and and I can see now where they're saying it was it was Dane's fault. But the thing is, guys, I mean, okay, it's tied two to two. We can still get a point out of this, right? I mean, yeah, we can right. still we can still win this, well, not win it, but we can still tie, right? That's what Heath. That's what, exactly what Heath was thinking at that point. I think he wanted to get a point, get the hell out of there with uh, twenty minutes, twenty minutes uh, to go. He wanted uh, to get out of there with a point. Uh, Hold on, this we'll is... cover this. We'll cover this later. But there is a quote I think we should visit later. Um, on that so uh but but yeah we'll, we'll visit that later but, so the only reason i so i'm, I'm foreshadowing then and then the only reason i right. say that because now now you're kind of in as a fan i should say at, at least maybe the team club's not panicking but i certainly was getting into a little bit of panic mode because you went from you know having a two we've seen this before having a two nil lead yeah. on the road uh and then now you've all it's gone it's evaporated and what what are you going to do and tony i know where you're going I'll just say it. you're on 80th minute yeah. 80th minute they take a substitution is made brent Coleman on for wait for it emmanuel reynoso is that a sub that anybody wants to hear i don't know what kind of a no. fan you are None, if you're not at this club you do not want to hear no. that substitution and it it was i couldn't believe it i was just stunned so it, you know yeah. what they're thinking now. Okay, fine. You go, you go, you have to be thinking, well, we're they're gonna Heath is going ultra defensive, three center backs, park in know, the bus. five, five back, you know, five man back line. And here park you go. Let's get That's why I said, okay, let's get out of here with a point. But, but boy, oh boy, it didn't work. But hey, you know what the problem is at this point, Dave, is it's the 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 field is tilted now. I mean. You're mm -hmm. on, you're on tilt, man. You're our, you, it's so tilted towards Colorado. It's ridiculous. And then, and then you take your top player. You're the guy with the most skill in this team. I, I'm not even saying that, okay, offensively, he's great, but also he's good defensively as well. He was in this game. He was like, mm -hmm. I, I said earlier, he was, you know, he was, uh, you know, not quite box to box, but I, he was playing a big part of that pitch on Saturday night. And like, he was responsible for turnovers mm -hmm. in Colorado's have. And that's what I said. He got it to, you know, he was, he was in large part responsible for initiating that second goal from Lou to Dotson, you know, thanks to his turnover. And so he, he was, he was playing, a, he was playing a very good game, obviously. And then obviously the set piece, but oh. yeah, it was, it was so frustrating to see, you know, he, I, I don't know in previous games, he might've been forcing it a bit, but he wasn't against Colorado. He was, he was one of the most important players on the field, you know, as yep. part of that uh, front three with, with Lude and, and at, before Metnier's injury uh, Dotson. So it was, for me, it was very, I was really disturbed. I was really upset. So uh, then we get to the 82nd minute and Connor, uh, what happens in the 82nd minute, please tell us that it was good. Oh, I'm afraid I can't commit to that. Uh, oh. So in the 
So we're going to go into what the, we said the 82nd minute, right? 82nd minute. Yeah. Oh boy. There's, so there's a free kick from yeah. uh, outside the, from outside the area. And it's a beautiful uh -huh. free kick coming into mm -hmm. the area. You can't, you can't put, I can't really oh, talk bad about Jack, it, but then Jack Price, yeah. Jack Price yeah. had the, had the free kick and then mm -hmm. onto the head of Danny Wilson and mm -hmm. uh, another bouncing header right into the net and Colorado's up three, two. Danny boy. Yeah. The pipes, the pipes are calling. Yeah. And and you, that, you know, going back to the, going, going back to the, uh, you know, Brent Coleman, Emmanuel Reynoso sub I, at that very moment, I was like, Oh my God, we're, we're going to lose this game. Mm -hmm. It's because uh, you, uh, like you said, you never want to see that. And sure enough, two minutes later, like my wife can attest to, that, attest to this, the sub goes on. I say, we're going to lose this game. Two minutes later, they score. And it's just the most like just well, a gut punch. Yeah, it was. And I, you know, I wasn't necessarily, I didn't, I did I didn't say that out loud, um, but it, it was frustrating in the sense that even I mean, I know even a point out of this game in Colorado, a place where they haven't won and their MLS um, MLS era has not happened, but it just it was so deflating. I, mm. I don't know if this is where the game starts to get mental and you I don't know, but it, it was so deflating because at that point you just kind of felt like the staff was giving up on the game, giving up on well, the chance to win. And you would just it, it was so frustrating blowing a two-goal lead. Let's screw. Let's get out of this game, guys. Right. Just before we get out of this game, though, after okay. that goal, then, of course, the panic sets in and we get yes. Agadello gets in there and Nabila gets in there and it's it's too late. It's just it is. It's, it's too, too little late. too late. Too little too late. Uh, the fact the funny thing is, guys, the fact that Ozzy played the whole damn game at his age uh, is crazy. Um, right. I, I, I truly thought we'd never see that again uh in his in the rest of his career but he played a whole game which is great um couldn't get the win though we lose this game three to two that is four losses in a row to start the season that has pretty much killed our chances to even get in the playoffs this year i mean should we, should we take a quick peek at the standings uh yeah I mean, we know uh, where we are, that, Dave. <laughs> I say that. I say yeah. that in jest. I say that in jest because it's it's a broken record now. It was bad enough. I mean, after the three losses to start the season, not only was that their worst, they've never started a season with three losses, let alone four. Um, I look back. I found something. I wanted. To, I was looking it up during the game, and I couldn't find it. But I know. I know. I saw that uh, in in the history of MLS. Uh, team, I believe it was the history of MLS, but teams that started 0-3, I think it was in the last and 4 Oh, well, yeah, but I know they started, here's what I found, though, before this game started, teams that started 0-3 in the last 20 years, I think since the format was maybe changed, in the last 20 years, teams that started 0-3, only six have made it in 20 years. So the odds weren't great at 0-3. Mm -hmm. Now at 0-4, you're, you're really in a hole. Now, and it's it's, the funny thing is, you know, has this team lost three in a row before? Yes, we know that. I don't know if they've ever lost four in a row, four losses. I don't have the answer to that. Bottom line is, you know, losing streaks happen. You, you go, but to start a season this way, it's it's kind of doom and gloom, honestly. It really yeah, is. It is. And uh, just to, to put, uh, just to rub salt into the wound there, it is the worst uh, first four games in franchise history. It's only five years, but franchise history, even worse than 2017 when we lost to Portland and uh, 
Atlanta by all those games. And, but we still got a point in Colorado that year. In the yeah, first that's four I, games. That's what I was saying. So like, Oh, and three was their worst start even last week. I think we made a, Oh yeah. Connor, yeah. you weren't with us last week, but we certainly, I made a point of saying it was the worst start. I'm like, it's the worst start since 2017. And I'm like, well, no, it wasn't. They didn't finish. They started Oh, and two and one that, uh, or Oh, one and two, however you want to do that. But uh, yeah, it's again, it's, it's, Oh, and four to start the season. It's not a good place to be. We can pretty much kiss playoff contention goodbye. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I would. I would. I just, I wouldn't say kiss it goodbye, but I mean, you know, let's be realistic. Your odds now, your odds slip because technically they're six points off the playoff line. That doesn't sound like a huge, um, hill to climb it's just the odds aren't in your favor historically that's not what happened when a club happens when a club starts 0 and 4 and you know you could say that this team maybe even deserved to have a win or two in these first four games uh you could say they deserved to win saturday's match against colorado yeah. i but I, at the end of the day they didn't because they didn't play a complete game and they haven't done that all year and so it is a bit concerning so it just puts them up against the wall the odds are not good and then yeah it's just it's not looking good now after by a week from now they'll have six points because they'll have they'll easily win the next two but so i'm knocking on wood right now just (laughs) uh just in your case dave because i mean i know we're i know it's vancouver and dallas but uh i mean we thought that uh, Austin was going to be a sure thing. So I, yeah. I'm not so sure about that. I, yeah. And I'm not, um, I'm being extremely facetious there because, you know, as we sit, Vancouver's uh, seven, there's seven points out of four games. So, I mean, they, they aren't, you know, they aren't a slouch. And then Dallas, Dallas is an interesting one because historically uh, Minnesota has played Dallas well at home, uh, not so much in Dallas, but at home, Minnesota has played Dallas well in the short history, but Hey, I don't know. You, yeah, you look at it like this. They've lost two games at home, you know, and they've lost two games on the road. And, and it's interesting, the, the road games, if you want to talk about it, the road games, they've never, you know, they have never won in Seattle and they've never nope. won in, in Colorado. It's really interesting how that lined up and that, that trend continues, unfortunately. Yeah. Really and then the home losses against RSL and Austin are obviously much more disappointing if you want to look past the fact that they gave up a two goal lead against Colorado, but it's really, really odd how this season is shaking out. It's concerning to me mostly, you know, cause you can look at it. You, it's hard to look at it as glass half full, but it's concerning to me that they haven't been able to put a complete game together. No, it's, no, it it's a bad, it's a bad deal. And I want to say this right now. Um, uh, Connor is uh, going to be um, having a, a kid at some point here sure in am. your future. And the reason I bring this up, Connor, is because I don't want your kid to come into a world where the loons haven't won a freaking game. Yeah, I mean, the, the kid's not due until October. So if we hadn't won a game until then, uh, that well, would be particularly scary. I know, I know, I know it's not due for a while, but the deal is this, even by October, probably not playoff time. I mean, they're not going to be in the playoffs. There's going to be bad things are going to be happening. I I feel bad for your kid. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I'm still going to buy him uh, his, 
his little uh, Minnesota United onesie to wear on his first match day. And yeah. uh, and so he'll be wearing that. Uh, fun fact, his, uh, we, his name is going to be Austin, too. Huh? So. Oh, so you found out it's a boy? We found it's a boy, yeah. Oh, Jiminy Christmas. That's, uh, I thought you were going to name him like Ray or Nashville maybe. or something. Ray or Nashville. <laughs> Nashville. Or Portland, Nashville. maybe. Portland, maybe. I, I, can't, gonna, I can't name it after the city my sister lives in. I think you should name him, uh, what, what was his name? Uh, who is the Alexei Gomez? Alexei Gomez. Oh, Ennis. Boy. Alexei Gomez Ennis. There Alexei you go. Gomez Ennis. I should name him Ibsen Ennis. Oh, That's... Ibsen be good. Yeah. Uh, you're going to leave the FC off, though, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, put the FC on. No, the FC will be the middle initials. There you oh, go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. No, uh, Connor, not to, I mean, not to make light of you having a kid because that's a fantastic deal. Uh, we haven't mentioned it on the show yet, but Connor is going to, to be a dad in October. Yeah. Um, and congratulations on that. And Thank uh, you. having a boy is great. Uh, I tried twice. Uh, didn't happen. So I quit after the second time because I said, uh, I can't try again. I don't want to have another girl. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, it's it's weird. And the reason I bring it up, Connor, is because I tried to get my girls to like my sports teams. And it has never happened. It just yeah. hasn't. <laughs> I mean, my youngest daughter is into soccer, but she could give a shit about the loons playing or anything like that she likes to play soccer but watching soccer is like uh, i don't i don't care that's just not my thing how old your old how old your oldest 13 13 yeah. might give her a few years she might she might yeah like oh no oh no years. oh no i i i, I really my, thought your oldest was um was gonna maybe turn into a twins fan you know because mm. because she'd been with us to twins fest and and enjoyed yeah. that i know so i thought maybe enjoys a chance as, as a baseball fan there but not but she much. she's into anime oh uh, okay side gotcha. note side note guys i had to take her to you guys know what this thing called demon slayer is no but it sounds the very ja- anime it's a japanese anime right and the first season came out last year on the netflix and then the then it was, uh, oh, we have a movie that we're bringing out and uh, released in Japan. And it actually broke records, uh, worldwide records. Um, I think it has a lot to do with COVID, though, because I think it was probably the first movie that they people could go see in the movie theaters. But uh, then it came out here. And, of course, she wanted to go. So I took her to the theater like two weeks ago to watch this movie. And uh, it's rated R. Oh, and wow. Well, here's a deal, Connor. It's weird how the rating system works because it's rated R for violence and violence and violence. Pretty much violence. There's no swearing. Huh. There's no nudity. I mean, it's animation, right? And I watched this movie and I'm going, this violence isn't as bad as the violence I've seen before. I mean, this is, this is, why is it rated R? You know, so she went and saw that. No, she's in a, anime this sports is out of the question though anyways off that sidetrack guys four losses in a row who do we fucking blame for this because on this podcast last week that connor was not a part of i sat here and said it wasn't a talent problem it's a 
confidence issue. It's a spark issue, something that's not going. And if you watch the first half of this game, like many of us did, you will see what can happen when there's a spark in this team. Now, the second half was almost like a, they gave up that first goal. And even in, like Dave, you're saying into the, the end of the first half, right? Almost like things were turning already and they couldn't, couldn't combat that. So yeah. it, where, where are the issues? I, is it, yeah. is, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about Heath out guys. Let's talk about Heath out because Heath out has been a thing with this team since day, day one. one, it seems. day yes, one, day really. one. Yeah. And this, this podcast has never been a Heath out podcast. Sterling had his issues with Heath has had his issues with Heath for a while when he was doing this podcast, but I don't think he was ever fully on board with Heath out. There were some moments where he was close. He might've had one foot on the bandwagon, but he he hadn't jumped on. He is definitely now on the Heath out bandwagon. Um, I am kind of following him in that because I see what Heath does, his mad scientist's way of, of doing things and lineups and substitutions and things of that nature. And it's just been exasperated this year. I mean, he couldn't get anything out of the guys for the first three games. He gets something out of them for the first half of this fourth game. And then the second half, it all just blows apart. So, I mean, Connor, is, is, is Heath the big problem here? Yes, Absolutely. And a big part of it is, uh, as I said before, the second half uh, management, uh, when you're putting on your subs and something uh, we saw, it, we saw it on Saturday. Uh, it's a, uh, it, something happened in, at the end of the first half where Colorado turned on the afterburners and uh, we just weren't able to recover from that. Uh, but when you have talent like Emmanuel Reynoso and Robin Lude, uh, and, um, uh, Michael Boxel, everybody on our team, we have talent. There's no denying that, but when you have all that talent and they're playing this badly, it's not a problem with the players. It's a problem with game plan and leadership. Um, you have to, so you have to blame Adrian Heath for this. It's, uh, and especially, uh, because, you know, if evidence of that is we just talked about it, the, uh, on Saturday's game, we saw the substitution between uh, for Brent Coleman going on for Emmanuel Reynoso. And uh, it's, uh, I've said it before a million times on this podcast, Heath, for some reason, thinks that if we go to a more defensive, uh, defensive mode in our, play, in our gameplay, it will work out for us. It never has. It's, it's not, it hasn't worked in the past. It's not going to work now. And um what really kind of did it for me, what really kind of did it for me is I heard a quote uh, that I also mentioned before, Dave, you're uh, That's, this is the quote I was talking about before. Uh, Heath, after the game was asked about the substitution of Brent Coleman for Emmanuel Reynoso. And he says, well, at that stage, I thought we were going to lose the game as it proved we did. I just wanted to get another defender on because they were putting a lot of balls in our box. And I thought another body in there might help us, but it wasn't to be. When you're, when you think you're going to lose the game before you make that substitution, then the confidence from there is going, or sorry, lack of confidence rather, uh, is going to trickle down to your players, and your players are going to feel it. Uh, so, Heath, in in more ways than one, is the problem here, and 
he maybe he lost something from what the what we did in the playoffs last year but uh it's it yeah I, I other than that i can't really explain who else uh this fault goes on because it's i i certainly don't think it's the team because we definitely have the talent um dave i'm gonna ask you this kind of the same question uh is heath at fault here and bonus question what can Heath do Wednesday night in terms of lineup changes to kind of jumpstart this team? A great, great questions. A, a short answer on your first question is yes. Um, although, I mean, I, I was not on board with the Heath out uh, bandwagon, even after three losses, even after the Austin FC, you know, because I still, I still looked at the numbers and I said, you know, the efficiency the the shots, the shots that this team has taken through the first had taken through the first three games. They didn't actually end up with that many shots last night, but or on, we should say on Saturday night, but I mean, there was something with that efficiency and you just don't see it's, it was crazy low. That to me sounded fluky. I mean, so I almost want to be optimistic and say, well, it's fluky. They're not getting the finishes. Maybe they're getting unlucky. Um, that feeling is starting to wear off. It really is because I, I, there's more of a flaw. Now, there is no doubt that players are partially to blame. We are not – there are certain players on the pitch on Saturday night and even in the first three games, you know, and credit to Heath a little bit. He's made adjustments accordingly, I feel. Um, but, yeah, certain players are not performing um, up to what we would expect them to do. So that's part of it. You know, efficiency – players that is absolutely part of it i think really what got me kind of one foot on the bandwagon of heath out let's say is is saturday night and it was just frustrating to me because i specifically went back and, and watched that part of the game where it started to fall apart and what i wanted to see was earlier changes you know it's classic keith make your change don't make any changes coming out of the half make it at the 60 minute mark you know and then sure enough he was forced to take Metnir off the field. And I don't know what other, maybe that was the best choice of what he did there, but it was frustrating to me because the success that we had had was due to that front three in large part of their movement and fluidity with each other and those players. And I like the fact that Gregus, I think I called him out earlier. A lot of people have that he was not playing his best, you know, he was not playing his best to start the season. There's no doubt about it, but here you go in this game, actually, you know, starting to be a little bit more of all involved in the attack. And part of that was because you had that double six with Ozzy playing the whole game, like you mentioned, Tony. Um, but it just really fell apart in my eyes when the changes didn't come sooner because something had, I mean, we at two, one, you're, you almost felt lucky that it wasn't two, two, two. And at two, two, you're lucky that it wasn't two, three, because they were chasing the game the entire second half changes should have been made earlier because it was obvious to me and everybody that was watching something needed to change. Um, and just throwing in the towel. That's how I want to look at it is in taking Reynoso out and putting another defender in there because it was too late. It was too late. This you, you want to, if you want to play a conservative game on the road against Colorado, fine, do it, but don't, don't change what has been working. Connor, I think you said it sometimes the best offense, the best defense is a good offense. And, they just, they just, that's why I said, and they didn't do that. They went the exact opposite. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, honestly, I'm going to say, I, yeah, I think Heath is in large part to blame and it's his, his, um, 
he's just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, he's so steadfast in his ways and he just has certain ways of doing it. And, and I think this, this is where a case where I think the players, although they had been in fault in the past could have been benefited by better decisions, earlier decisions and so forth. So yeah, it's, it's a tough one. And then Tony, your second question was what can we do about it? Is that what you asked? Yeah. What changes are going to make on Wednesday? Oh, good question. That, that is a good question. Cause that's what I was struggling with earlier in the podcast. Do you stick with the four, three, three, because you could make a case for that. You really could. And I want to hear your thoughts on that as well. And Connor, because in the first half of this game against Colorado, boy, I, and maybe you don't even make a change. Maybe you put Dotson back out on the right, you know, assuming Metineer's healthy and, and, and with Lou and Reynoso out wide left. I mean, maybe you stick exactly that. And so I think that is a question. Or do you see us coming back with Abila? Or I, I think it would be extreme. I think it would be a bit of a stretch, but could you see a Patrick Weah making? Because we, you know, I think a lot of us were maybe hoping to see Weah at some point in this game, at least I was. I don't necessarily expect Weah to start, but um, against, against uh, Vancouver, I, I I could, I could see us coming back to Abila, you know, getting the nod and seeing it, it just didn't go well. It did not go well against Austin. So I don't know. I think right now, if you force me to pick, I, I'd say, let's just go back to the four, three, three, which worked well in the first half. And let's yeah. with, without changes, barring yeah. injury, let's see what we can do because I, it was very promising. And I, and I keep going back to that, but it was, and I, maybe you go back to it. That if, if I had to say that's you go, you stick with that and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, then you make changes earlier, like tactical changes, if necessary, maybe even in the first half. Well, I think you, I think what I don't you, know that I'm correct. And a lot of people will probably disagree, but I think what you do, I mean, obviously I think that uh, Miller gets a start on Wednesday. Um, I think DSC has needs some break. Um, his in, and people will blame DSC. I'll, I'll put most of the blame on DSC last game, but previous games I'm going to put the blame on the defense. Um, if, if you're not getting defense around you, I'm sorry. It's, it's going to happen that way. It was um, odd because it, it, this game was odd because yeah, D, Dane had his worst game of the year without a doubt. Right. And, but I really feel like only one of the goals was clearly his fault, but I think he got bailed out on a number of other opportunities so like yeah. even though maybe may, if you don't want to credit the other two goals, if you don't want to put them on Dane, which I don't want yeah. to, maybe somebody would, but I'd put at least one of the goals. But then unfortunately, there was a lot of other uh, opportunities yeah. for Colorado that he basically got bailed out, got lucky. Right. So, yeah. Yep. Ta- talent wise, I'm going to go. DSC is more talented than than Miller is. I'm, I'm just that's just my opinion. At their best, yeah. Yeah. Um, if if you're right, Dave, I think that. Uh, if you go off the first half, you're going to go with a four, three, three again, and you're going to go with the same lineup that you had, except for Miller being in goal instead of DSC. Um, if Heath wants to get crazy and spark this team a little more, you, you, you might see a way, uh, up on the left side. You, you might see, uh, some different guys in there. Uh, I don't know who, but you might see some changes. We'll see if Heath goes that way. I just, I, I, I have a, I get a feeling like the first half was what, what Heath wants to see and he couldn't continue it. And uh, I mean, Connor, I think you're probably going to be around the same thing that 
me and Dave have talked about, right? I mean, you're yeah. not gonna make too many changes, but well, now so, I should let me throw before you answer that. Let me throw one more wrench into the spokes, and and I all this could be for not, but if if Deba, you know Debassi was making progress coming into right. the Colorado match, and so mm -hmm. so was Nico Hansen. So that if those players are available, and I don't know if yeah. they are, so it's hard to answer that question. I think if Nico Hansen is available, let's say you maybe go back to the four two three one. And with with Nico out left, but well, with Nico, you don't really know how he fits into the Minnesota team yet. I mean, in I preseason he looked don't. good. Yeah, I personally don't because I didn't watch him play. I haven't watched him Nico Hansen play a minute, but everything I've heard is is, is very promising. So yeah. yeah, that's why I only I, I do bring that up for that reason. But right, he uh, I. I I think uh, obviously if, if he plays like he did in the preseason, he'll be, he could be a regular starter on the left with uh if we go with a four, two, three, one, Reynoso goes back to that number 10 position. And, and right now what's working for us, Lude is a good false nine up front. So I, I think we go with that or, um, you know, Tony, I'm glad you brought up uh, Heath getting a little crazy with the lineup because we're kind of, running out of options here. I mean, the first half to work, the first half worked for us, but it wasn't, uh, it, it didn't go very long. It didn't last into the second half. Yeah. Uh, so what if we decided to put, do a four, two, three, one with Wea up top. Uh, and then, uh, do we know if, uh, Anu and Fragapane are gonna, are gonna be. No, I, not Wednesday. And I doubt not Wednesday. Wednesday. And I doubt Saturday. Dal, even though Heath had hinted they'd both be in here by Saturday, I don't believe that's going to happen. Okay. And even if they were, and maybe I should have prefaced that, even if, you know, even if they, well, even if they were, it'd be unlikely they'd be in the starting lineup by Saturday, you know, let alone Wednesday. And, right. I mean, yeah. and let's just, I just want to say this, guys, um, quickly, even if those guys were available, at this point in the season, the way this team has played, they are now Band-Aids. They are not, they are not the cure all for anything. Um, if we're playing great, adding those guys on extends your greatness. Right now, the way we're playing, they are band aids that might help for a game or two, but they're not going to lead your team to the playoffs. Yeah. Well, it's too little, too late. Like I mean, uh, I brought it up before the show. Like Reynoso came in in September and put this team on a tremendous yeah. run from the get-go, basically from his first appearance. Yeah, you, Tony, you were no. right. You, you can't expect that to happen. No. And when these guys come in, I mean, I think realistically you're looking at, you know, certainly not in this next week here where you have two more matches, you know, maybe into June, um, end of the month, May, and into June. But then at that point, you know, where are you at? I mean, that's the question. If this team can run off an unbeaten streak and you suddenly add these, those players – um, yeah, your confidence gets a little higher, but yeah, it's, you don't, you, we're not looking for a savior here. It's, it's something bigger than that. And um, it's, God, it's something bigger than that. Yeah. And that's why my one foot, you guys are on the bandwagon. I'm, I'm definitely got a foot on the Heath out bandwagon. That's for sure. Because it's bigger. It is bigger than yeah. the efficiency um, in, in certain players not performing. You, you got to have answers. You know, you know I, um, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I posted a small letter um, on uh, 
on Twitter. And uh, let's say, let's say if we do start Owen five, I think, uh, I think Heath should be out. Yeah. I, well, I, there's, there's, there's no way that you come back from an Owen five game and uh, it's, it's just inexcusable to go from a Western conference final to a, a, a team that is bottom of the league after five games and not even a point. Um, and I uh, hope, and I, I was very hopeful, but I doubt it will happen. I posted a small letter to get Frank Lampard to come to Minnesota uh, yeah. as coach, but uh, I highly doubt that yeah. will happen. But uh, it'd be cool if that happened, didn't it? And it yeah. would it'd be great. Uh, I just want to shout out to uh, Pod on You Loons. I think they dropped a podcast today, and they were actually talking about um, what would it mean to drop Adrian Heath at this point in the season right what teams have done that uh things that it, it, we're we're in unforeseen territory here guys i mean I, there's nothing i it, it we can't you can't drop you can drop a coach at this point but well, who are you bringing in chaos it'll, it'll be chaos mean, yeah it'll yeah it's chaos and like do you really i mean like you guys said there's way too much talent on this team for this team to be in this position so you don't want to like you don't want to just let it go now you don't want to ruin the season for four or five games into it um but that being said if you if a coach was ever on the hot seat it would absolutely be after an 0-4 start and an MLS campaign so like there's no doubt about it he by definition adrian heath is now officially on the hot seat i would say now yeah, ownership probably it's probably the last move they'd want to make. Yeah, you know, you know, they, they don't want to have to do it, but at some point, you know, it, it becomes a necessity to start thinking about it. And so he's on the hot seat. And that's all there is to yeah. it. Boy, yeah. But that then then you get, well, who are you gonna bring in? Who on the staff is gonna take his place in the intern? Who like who could you potentially go out and hire? And you know, you're already spending money on the roster. And now you spend money, potentially spend money on a new coach. It, it's, and I don't, with that's without even speaking to Adrian, he's, you know, contract uh, details, which I do not know. So yeah, it's very complicated. And if a move like that was made, we're, you know, the team is, is in dire straits. So well, quickly here, before we move on to some other stuff here, we do have with two home games coming up, Vancouver and Dallas at home Wednesday and a Saturday if the team does not play well in these two games, they have then a week off before they go out to uh, RSL. If they were going to make a move, it would be after Saturday's game. I would guarantee that if we do not see this team play better in these next two games, and I'm not talking about just playing better. I'm talking about getting points. Um, yeah, they don't, if they don't win one of these next two games, uh, I could I could see Heath being dropped and a new coach coming in and having an extra week to kind of come in and do his thing. So yeah, it's interesting because you, you're looking at the quirks of the schedule. You're right, Tony. They got a week at week off after Saturday, and then then the, they got a game against RSL the 29th, like you said. And then after that, they have I probably because of the start of the international window, they have nearly three weeks off. Uh, yep. The next game after May 29th mm-hmm. would be June 19th. So there's a big gap and there'll be certainly conversations going on. Say quick question. This is a fun one. So on paper, you got again, a Dallas team, which is, you know, a good Dallas team. They've been that way for several years now. Um, But again, like I mentioned, a team that Minnesota has always seemed to play well at home at Mm -hmm. Allianz 
in the last couple of years, but uh, in, in their entire MLS existence. And you got a Vancouver team who Minnesota has, you know, played well. I don't have all the games in front of me, but they've certainly played well home and away against Vancouver. So how many points are they getting out of these next two games? That's a dangerous question after this point. Um, it is, because you would have thought they would have got some points at RSL and Austin at, a, at home, but they did not. So. Right, yeah. Uh, if we're talking points, and based on the way we have been playing, um, I'm going to say, based on and also based on Dallas isn't having a particularly impressive season either, uh, Vancouver has been a surprise. Uh, they're fourth in the West right now. So they, they could be more difficult than you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I don't, I, I'm going to say three maximum. I, I don't, I don't think we'll win them both based on the way we're playing right now. I would love to say six, uh, but based on how well Vancouver has been playing so far, uh, we, I, I think we'll lose to Vancouver and we'll, we do have a shot at Oof, beating Dallas. 0-5. Yeah. 0-5. Can you imagine? I'm going to yeah. say we're going to be 0-6. You're going to, you think we're going to lose them both? Yeah. I just, I just, I just don't see it. I just don't Zero see. Zero points. I just don't see this team. I, I, I haven't seen enough from this team to, to, to be comfortable well, saying they're going to get any points at all. Yeah. Here's, and that's, here's the- that's bad. Yeah, no, it is bad, Tony. It's really bad. I mean, I just look back at all the games, and I mean, Seattle, even against Seattle, it started out okay, and it just the, the floodgates mm-hmm. opened. But the you know the Salt Lake match and Salt Lake was, I'm not even gonna talk about it. But you know, and then Austin, I'm gonna be a little more optimistic than you guys. I think they're gonna get seven points out of these next two games, and I know that sounds almost impossible, but it is impossible. That's, that's a lot. Of, oh wait, that's yeah. a lot of points. For two games there. You can't okay, get next mechanics points. <laughs> okay, I was I was joking. In in all, I think they're going to get five points out of the next two games. I really well. Do. Oh that's wait, also that's also impossible. That's oh, also shit. not possible. Okay, now I'm going to go with. I am going to be optimistic, Dave. Here, I'm going to go with four points. I think they're mm-hmm. going to win against Vancouver. I I just can't. I, I just can't. The only reason I'm saying they're going to win against Vancouver is because I can't imagine like you, Connor and Tony, that they could possibly possibly lose five in a row. So I'm going to say they're going to get the win against Vancouver on Wednesday night. And then uh, they'll, they'll get a draw against I, who I think, even though they've fared well at home, I think, I don't know, that's pushing your luck. So I'm going to go one a draw against Dallas. So four points out of the next two. We'll see if that's too optimistic. So let's uh, move on to some other stuff here, guys. Uh, Connor, to answer your question, Let's push your history stuff to our next podcast because very cool. Our next podcast is going to be probably this weekend after the Dallas game, and I think so. it's going to be a big one. So because we have two games to talk about, and we could be oh and freaking six at that point. So um, yeah, before we get out of here, guys, I want to mention. Um, like I said earlier in the podcast, Governor Wallace has opened things up, so we've seen some rumors on Twitter the Twitterverse that June 23rd will be, would be our next home game after Saturday's game. And they will be a hundred percent capacity for that game. Now that went on Twitter from a couple of uh, season ticket holders. They've gotten emails from United saying, Hey, we want you back. Da-da-da, the 23rd, hundred percent capacity. Da-da-da. I think believe Jeff Reuter reached out to the team 
they said, well, that's not 100% certain yet. We don't really know. My deal is this. Walls is opening things back up. I get you're not certain about the 23rd. And there's nothing you can really do about Wednesday night. But Saturday night against Dallas, you could get a couple thousand more people into Allianz Field because things have opened back up. I mean, do you guys think that's something that, that, that should be doable? I mean, I think it should be doable. Yeah, without without ever, you know, having with no experience and like mm-hmm. I think the 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 bottleneck is obviously the ticketing mm-hmm. um, situation and, and issuing new tickets and all that. Because by law, they could say they could literally have a full stadium, 19,000 and change. But and obviously, realistically, due to ticketing purposes, that's, that's the, not realistic. That's but. what the Twins are doing. The Twins are actually expanding, not all at once, but they are expanding per game the amount of tickets they're releasing, which is something I think that the Loons could have done for this Saturday. Yeah, I, I agree, Tony. I would I would really like to see that. I, I don't think that'll happen, but yeah, I, no. think, I agree. I, I agree it could happen, and if they really wanted to, I think it, it, it they could make it happen, but I doubt yeah. we'll see it. It's, I mean, we're talking, you know, less than a week now. Yeah. I, I just don't know if they're going to have a chance to do that, but yeah, I mean, yes. I do. I think even if it was another 500 tickets that they made available to this, mm-hmm. you know, to, to through Seat Geek and their ticketing partners, yeah, I'd love to see it. A thousand, five hundred, a thousand, whatever that number is, pick a number, any number more than the forty-one hundred. I think that they allow in there now. So, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see um, when we get to June, because we need. I will say, we need we need some help. We need the fans in there and being loud. Yeah, you know? and yeah, I, we and do. I, and I know I'm on record for saying I'm was really impressed, you know, being there for the home opener and uh, how loud 4,100 people can be is pretty impressive in that mm-hmm. kind of a stadium, but yeah, <laughs> double that number. And then you're going, wow, because this is what this, it, it does. You do feel like that's what I was going on with the players. Like, I, I just think that is just added motivation. That's, that's your home field advantage. And sometimes you light a fire under those players when they hear it. You know, and that's probably what this team needs, a spark. Yeah. You saw it in 2019. We only lost yeah. one game at home before the, mm-hmm. the season ended, and mm-hmm. uh, we were we were great. We were a fortress. I think yeah. there are some concerns, of course, about the masking policies, um, which we all know is a big kind of, kind of a gray area in terms of outdoor events. Um, you get too many people crowded in, you're going to want to have a mask policy, uh, 4,100 or how many people they've got at Allianz, you can kind of manage that to make sure people are wearing their masks. Right. You start putting more people in there that puts more of the onus onto the ushers and things like that nature. Uh, you get people being uncomfortable with non-mask wearing, which is a whole nother subject I don't want to get into with vaccines being pushed out and everything like that. So I think they're, they're kind of weighing that, uh, how that's going to work out. When you get to 100% capacity, though, I don't know how you can possibly manage making sure everybody's wearing a mask when they should be. I should know more than I do, I because I don't. Is But the question for you, Tony, who maybe you do know, is so obviously outdoor restrictions have been lifted as of now. Mm-hmm. Um, but does that mean the outdoor mass policy is still in place as of right no, now? No, now it's kind of a gray area because from what I've read and what I've heard is 
bigger events, it should you should be masking. And I think the governor's kind of left that up to the individual places to make sure they're doing what they need to do. Now, the Twins and the Loons, of course, could continue their mask policy all season if they wanted to. Um, a, a bigger event, the state fair, Governor Walls has pretty much said by that point, you do whatever you want, masks, no masks, whatever. Um, I have to believe that the twins and the loons are thinking about this from a public safety perspective. How are people going to feel safe coming to our games if we say the mask policy is laxed, you know? And if we say there is a definite mask policy and we have, you know, 20,000 people in our stadium, how are we going to police that? You know, how do you? How do you police people not congregating at, at, at Allianz Field or yeah, Target once, Field? Yeah, once you, you bump know? it up, you really can't. You can't do uh, it. You, you Like the Twins, they, they, they did a pretty good job of policing the mask policy, but that was with, a, you know, 25% capacity. Yeah, you mm -hmm. go up. Yeah, you go up higher, Tony. Those are very good points. Yeah, you go higher than that, and it, it becomes extremely difficult. Because, you know, I, I doubt they'll be willing to double, say, their ushering staff just to take care of that. But Well, and, and then at that point, it becomes more of a um, do-what-you-want-to-do type of deal. If you want to wear one, that's fine. If well, you that, don't, that's your prerogative, and you don't have to. Um, I, I mean, I'm, go I'm going to Vegas in just about a month, guys. And I think by the time I'm in Vegas, mask policies could be really kind of, I mean, they'll still probably say you should, but you don't have to. Right. My wife, as a nurse, says that she'll wear a mask the entire, entire time she's in Vegas in the casino. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, if I don't have to wear one, I'm probably not going to because I've been vaccinated and I feel like, you know, at that um, point, it's every man for himself. You know? Exactly. But, you have to. Yeah, at some well, point, at some point, we all have to get back to right. a point where we're not uh, afraid of this virus. Uh, we have to get. I, I think I texted. Uh, I don't think Connor, you were on this text, but I said uh, to the guys, I said, "I'm going to start looking at this as the flu." Right. I get my flu vaccine every year. It protects me to a certain percentage. It doesn't protect me 100. percent But do I go on with my life? Yes, I do. If I'm sick or I feel ill, do I stay home? Yes, I do. It's the same type of deal. So yeah. we have to get back to that point, and and these teams are going to struggle with that, I think. Yeah, but that I mean that's why and that's why Governor Walt is, is pushing, you know, that number of I think seventy percent vaccinated before he would like fully res remove restrictions like mat right. like the mask mandate, and so therefore I guess I'm kind of answered my own question if. If the mask mandate is still in place, whether we're talking two weeks from now or a month from now, then so be it. You, that that is the mandate. But yeah, if you get to that number of vaccinated people in your state, then then yes, I think everybody should feel more comfortable, whether you've been vaccinated or not. Mm -hmm. Or you know, you should be, be if you know that seventy percent of your population is vaccinated. You know, and that never mind the number of people who've had COVID. So yeah, I think once you get to that point. I think everybody should feel a little bit more comfortable. Good, good luck getting people vaccinated in my region. Let me tell you. So now, before we get out of here, guys, there is a they do a map of these the state of Minnesota and they hey. do it by regions, right? Yeah. And so, in Northwest region, blah, blah, blah. Wright County, where I'm at, is in the what they call the East Central region. 
So it's Wright County, Sherburne, whatever, around up to St. Cloud. What percentage of people do you guys think have been vaccinated in my region? I'm gonna guess. I'm, I'm gonna guess twenty three percent. Oh, Connor, I was gonna go right in that ballpark of low twenties. So. We're a little higher, okay. but oh, we are okay. we are the lowest region in the state. We're at thirty five percent. That's the lowest. Okay. That's the lowest. Yikes. Yeah. Now the metro area, of course, is the highest. Hennepin County, I think, is almost seventy percent. Uh, Northeast Minnesota, St. Louis County, up there, he, he Lee, they are they are close to seventy percent. Uh, but yeah, East Central, it is so weird. You get out in the Wright County, Sherburne County, it's it, the vaccination rates just drop off the map. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it, it's crazy. Um, I'm just, I'm not liking it right now, <laughs> tell you the truth. Feels weird. Uh, but so, two games coming up, guys Wednesday, Saturday. Uh, hopefully we get a podcast out next Sunday or Monday. And Let's hope be, we have uh, a fun podcast. Yeah, good. Oh, yeah, it should so be. This, hopefully it'll be a better one. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, 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 this is this has been a fun podcast. But let's, let's say is, we have yeah. let's let's hope we have a lot more. Let's hope we have some wins to talk about. about. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we'll hope so. Uh, I want to say uh, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Tony, for Dave and Connor, we'll talk to you guys in about a week. We'll see you next week.